This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We got to bring in Sam Quinn now because I want to see how the second half of the season is going to go in the NBA because we're getting closer to that. And if moves will be made today, Sam is an NBA writer for CBS Sports, joining CBS in 2019 after stints at Bleacher Report and 24-7 Sports. Sam, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. And, and let me ask you, I think relative to previous seasons, this trade deadline has been pretty quiet so far. Why is that? Or do you expect maybe a flurry of moves later on today? Yeah, guys, I got a full night's sleep last night. That's not normal at trade deadline <laughs> yeah. season. Last year, I think I slept 45 minutes the whole week. Um, so I think it comes down to a few factors. Obviously, the play-in has led a lot of sellers to believe, oh, we can hold our players and maybe make the playoffs. The Lakers and the Heat went on their runs last year. Maybe that could be us this year. You know, that's obviously going to be a factor that persists for years to come. But if you're looking for something that's more specific to this season, Bobby Marks had a great stat that he tweeted out. I think it was a week or so ago. 75% of all tradable first-round picks right now belong to 11 teams. And if you really extrapolate that further, there are around five or six teams that are really hoarding all the picks. It's the Thunder, the Jazz, the Spurs, the Knicks, the Nets, and the Pelicans. Well, when 20% of the league has all of the picks to trade, that makes it really hard for the rest of the league to actually, you know, get anybody. There are teams that are trying right now. The Bucs are doing everything in their power to get some perimeter defense. They just don't have anything to give up. The Suns are in a similar boat. They have a couple of second-round picks they picked up over the summer, but all their first-round picks are gone, and they've offered swap rights on the ones that are left. So the truth of the matter is right now, a lot of the inactivity we're seeing is just sort of based on the fact that most of the teams that want to add players don't have anything to give up. This offseason, things are going to pick up a little bit. The Lakers go from having one pick to having three picks to trade. The Mavericks go from having one pick to having three picks to trade. A lot of these teams that can't make moves now are going to be able to make moves over the summer. And I think the sellers know that and are saying, why are we going to give up DeJounte Murray now when we can get a lot more for him six months from now? Okay, so I'm looking from a betting standpoint and trying to see if there is a team that's like one player away from making a nice little run here. One team that can make one trade and it changes not everything, but it's a significant upgrade. Is there a team that kind of fits the bill for that? There were two teams that I was kind of eyeing on that front. Minnesota getting a backup point guard was pretty significant. What had happened to Minnesota, they, they'd lost seven games over the last month. And in those seven games, they'd, lost, they'd blown leads of a combined 100 points. So what was happening mm-hmm. for the most part 
is the Timberwolves would build these leads and then their bench would come in and all of a sudden they'd evaporate because they have no bench ball handlers. Anthony Edwards would go to the bench and the, the offense would die. The other team that I'm kind of looking at on that front is Oklahoma City because they have no size whatsoever on the bench. They have Chet Holmgren starting and then, frankly, even when he's in the game, they're just not a very good rebounding team. They're good at everything else. They can shoot, they can defend, they generate a bunch of turnovers. The one thing they can't do is get rebounds. If they trade for a big today, ideally a big that can shoot so that they can't they playing style, kind of the last thing that they need. But right now, I think Boston Clippers stand. If you're going to with those teams, I think you've got to add something. We're talking with Sam Quinn. He is the O NBA writer for CBS Sports. Sam mm-hmm. had to step away for like a hot second. So I wanted to ask you, if you look at Steve Kerr and the Warriors, and Steve Kerr has said, oh, I think we have a, a way forward here. I think there's we're going to get better. Is that, I know that he's benched Clay and he's trying some different things, but is that, is there any truth to that? Or are we still giving the Warriors too much credit for what they've done previously? I wouldn't get too caught up in the record for the Warriors because they've been so much better with Draymond. And when they, you know, I think now they're playing Draymond as the starting center and they're finally playing Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins together. I think that's unlocked a lot of things for them. They're better than their record suggests. And if Utah's take, if Utah takes a step back, I would think the Warriors have a pretty good chance of at least sneaking into the top 10. I just don't think they defend well enough to reasonably consider them a championship contender. And obviously you're right. Clay Thompson hasn't been closing games lately. He hasn't been playing particularly well. He's on the decline. They haven't had Chris Paul. That's had a really big impact on their bench offense. I don't view them as championship contenders in their current state. I don't think there's a way for them to get back into the championship picture this year. Get to the offseason, regroup, maybe try to make a bigger move then when you don't have quite as much money on your cap sheet. But right now they just kind of, Frankly, aside from Kaminga and Brandon Potemski, they just look old, and this is kind of the natural life cycle of a contender, right? You're not meant to win forever. The Spurs were an anomaly. Right now, the Warriors are just kind of at the end of their cycle. And the postseason is such a grind, too. You know, it doesn't get easier. When it gets to the postseason, it's like its own little mini-season. So I want to ask you about the Clippers. They have been the hottest team in the NBA as of, like, the last month or so. But in the sports betting world, I don't want to buy a stock when it's at its peak. Do you think this is sustainable for the Clippers? I do. I love to see them get one more perimeter defender, somebody to defend smaller guards, because Kawhi and Paul George can do it, but they have such a big load on offense that I wouldn't want them to do it for 40 minutes. Man, I'd love it if they could get Alex Caruso. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Bulls are going to act as sellers. But if they could, that would mean a lot. You know, somebody like DeLon Wright would be helpful, Chris Dunn. Otherwise, that team is looking so good. They're finally getting healthy. If you're looking at it from a betting perspective, what I'd probably recommend is, look, at some point in the next month or two, somebody's probably going to tweak an ankle. There's going to be an injury scare. Just with that team, that's kind of how it tends to go. So I might wait for that before buying. But honestly – Denver is the only team in the West I think I'd pick over them in a series. And with each passing day, I'm getting less and less confident in that. 
We're talking with Sam Quinn. He is NBA writer for CBS Sports and previously with Bleacher Report and 24-7 Sports. Sam, wanted to move to the Eastern Conference, and I have fallen in love with the New York Knicks after their trade. And I know they're really banged up right now, right? They've got some injury concerns with Randall out there, 22-1 to to win the title. But am I getting too caught up in their recent play, or do the Knicks have a real path forward in that conference? What I'd say is that any team, not any team, but any contender in the Eastern Conference at -hmm. least has a puncher's chance because the Celtics play such a high-variant style of basketball. Boston is the best team in the East. They've been the best team in the NBA all season. But when you're taking 53s every night, you could very easily just get to the wrong series, get to the wrong matchup, and, oh, no, we've gone cold for a week, and now we're out. They're so dependent on jump shooting that I think they're pretty ripe for an upset at some point in the playoffs. I'd pick them to win the East, but I wouldn't bet on them to win the East. As for the Knicks specifically, they've given the Celtics a lot of problems in the past. Emmanuel quickly was a big part of that. Now he's gone. Speed has kind of been an issue for Boston. The Knicks play pretty fast. Having OG Ananobi to throw on Jason Tatum is pretty meaningful. And the big thing I would say in that matchup specifically is the Knicks are so good at bullying more finesse teams. You know, when Mitchell Robinson gets back, that's going to look even, you know, more significant. Julius Randle's been on that same boat. They rebound so well. They're so physical. Jalen Brunson can go shot for shot with anybody. Look, I wouldn't pick them to win the East, but if you were trying to sprinkle in, you know, a high-variance upside bet, I might consider that. Okay, I have to go back to something you said at the end of the previous answer. You said something about the Nuggets and losing faith in was it the Nuggets or the fact that somebody could beat them? Because I need to know more about that. What's your take on the Nuggets? I came into the season pretty firm in thinking that the Nuggets were going to win the West. I think I'd still pick them. I don't know that my percentage of confidence is where it was at the beginning of the year. That's not necessarily because of anything they've done. I I think it's pretty clear if you just watch what, what they've done this year they're fattening up on the bad teams. They have some crazy record against the worst teams, the teams below 500. And they've only been okay against the good teams. With a championship content, with a former champion, a team that's coasting, mm-hmm. you usually kind of see the opposite, right? Like when you, when you see an older team that's already won a ring, what you frequently see in regular seasons is they're going to kind of coast, but when, when they play the biggest teams, the teams they expect to face in the playoffs, they'll get up for those games. Meanwhile, the Clippers have been so good that I'm just sort of sitting around here wondering, am I basing this solely off of last season? Because what I've seen so far this season is the Clippers is the best team in the West. Now, the Nuggets have such a history against the Clippers. Earlier this year, the Nuggets beat the Clippers with DeAndre Jordan and Reggie Jackson going nuts against them, right? Like, the Nuggets are clearly in the Clippers' head to some extent. But if you just ask me overall who's the best team in the West, based exclusively on what I've seen this year, I'd probably say the Clippers. Sam, we've got, I don't know, about two and a half minutes left here. So I wanted to ask you, is there a team that you expect to maybe, that is maybe most likely to make a move before the deadline or that needs to make a move before the deadline? I think the team that sort of has been floating around is they're going to do something is Philly. The question about Philly is that they have this path to $55 million in cap space this offseason. There aren't many great free agents out there. LeBron James is somebody that I have thought in the past they might try to target. Paul George, maybe, but he's probably staying with the Clippers. 
Is Daryl Morey going to do anything to jeopardize that cap space? My instinct is no, but I still think they're going to try to add something for this playoff run because there is the chance that Joel Embiid comes back. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the odds are. But I would look at them and try to think, are they going to add Buddy Heald? Are they going to add another shooter on an expiring contract? They've been linked to Malcolm Brogdon. I think the longer-term contract scares them off. But I would expect the Sixers to try to add shooting, add one more big Andre Drummond to somebody they've had in the building in the past who played very well for them before he was in the James Harden trade. So I would say Philly is the team that I look at and say they're the likeliest quote-unquote contender, depending – I don't know if you can call them that with the Embiid situation. Mm -hmm. But they're the winning team right now that I would say is likeliest to make a move of some kind. He does fantastic work as the NBA writer for CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter as well at Sam Quinn, CBS. It is Sam Quinn. Sam, great knowledge this morning. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to come on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm glad you got a good night's sleep last night. That's great for you. <laughs> well, man, he had to be thinking my phone's going to blow up. It's going to go crazy. And he's like, nah, it's just fine. But also that could change in a heartbeat, right? Like he's mm-hmm. hanging out this afternoon, going to be slow. And then all of a sudden, he's probably got like five phones. You know how that goes, Chelsea. All right, we'll see if the Sixers make a move or not. That was fascinating as well. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.